I'm your host, Kurt Sandig, and welcome to Paranormal Almanac. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, we're going to talk about posthumous phone calls, or more commonly called, phone calls from the dead. That's right, phone calls from the dead. In fact, if you heard last week's episode, there were two last week, but if you heard the second one, the extras one, I had a little preview of posthumous phone calls. Now, I'm not saying that I'm going to have a lot of audio on this episode, but I do have a lot, and I mean a lot. There's literally literally, hundreds of stories of people getting calls from loved ones after they died, and this is just going to be a small, yet a lot, percentage of those calls. Interestingly enough, some of the people who got the calls hadn't even known the loved one had died yet. So, like listener ghost stories, there are a bunch of calls from the dead that I found online all over the world, around the world, these stories are happening. But as always, first we have shout-outs. That's right, we have shout-outs. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac. Join up there because you get even more content. So for all you listeners who keep messaging me saying, do more, do more, well, I am doing more, and it's on patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac. So shout-outs to Anthony, Angie, Dan, Daniel, Dill, Matt, Laura, Laura, Juliana, Edgar, And as always, Elijah Hendrickson. Before we get to the main topic tonight, let's talk about paranormal news. Because first up, a UFO was spotted over North Carolina. Hundreds of people saw it and reported it. And there's even a video of it on the Facebook page, on the Paranormal Almanac Facebook page. So if you go there, there'll be a video. But within about two seconds, debunk time. It was the Goodyear blimp. Nothing more? Nothing less. But the reason I'm adding it on here is it just shows you how quickly a story goes out of control. News websites around the country were posting that UFOs were spotted. Not even just across the country, but I'm talking around the world, have picked up this story that an quote-unquote actual UFO was spotted over North Carolina. The video has a ton of hits, ton of comments. Some people believe in it, some people aren't. For everybody involved... It's the Goodyear blimp, nothing more, nothing less. Tell Reddit, tell whoever, tell whatever website makes you want to believe that that is actual proof of a UFO, because it's not. Next up, Bigfoot has been spotted again. And what I mean by again is, this is the same spot that Bigfoot was spotted in 2006. A man who was on his way to Vermont claims to have seen the Bigfoot approximately a half a mile away from where the Bigfoot was spotted before in 2006. Now, this is according to a New York Post report on Monday, and Bigfoot was spotted crossing a rural highway, like I said, by a man just driving to Vermont. He was not out looking for Bigfoot. He is not a Bigfoot hunter or even a Bigfoot believer until now because he spotted the very large, very hairy Bigfoot. So a driver was headed to Vermont at around 10.10 p.m. Tuesday night 
when he witnessed a creature that was over six feet tall walking upright. He called it a upright walking ape crossing the rural highway. He said it stepped over a guardrail along Route 4 in Whitehall, and he was absolutely stunned. His jaw just dropped, and apparently these sightings are becoming more and more common on the East Coast. So if you're on the East Coast of the United States, keep an eye out for Bigfoot. Next up in paranormal news, if you have an extra $749,000 lying around and you're looking for a property to buy, might I suggest the old Carbon County Jail where seven Irish coal miners were hung in 1877 because it's for sale. And the funny thing is the county says they don't want it back. The jail is one of the most historically significant buildings in the state of Pennsylvania. The building is best known as the site of the hanging of seven Irish coal miners known as Molly Maguires in the 1800s. Once again, that asking price is just $749,000. It includes gallows, nooses, handcuffs, the everlasting handprint of a hanged coal miner, whatever that means, and some ghosts. Yes, that's right. According to Betty Lou McBride, she says, oh, we have ghosts here. Tons of ghosts. And if you do end up buying this Carbon County Jail, please let me know. I'd love to come out and spend a little bit of time and ghost hunt with you. Okay, with that, let's get on to the show because I've got a ton of these stories. But before I get to all of these stories of calls from beyond the grave, let me debunk one tiny thing. If you get a call from all zeros on your cell phone, on your home phone, you're looking at caller ID and it shows up all zeros, you are not necessarily getting a call from the dead. The reason I bring this up is there are countless videos and stories and Reddit posts all about all of these people, mostly kids, who are getting calls from all zeros and freaking out. Some of these people aren't even answering the calls and then telling people they got a call from a demon, a dead loved one, the other side, something evil. It's ridiculous because as anyone with a little bit of knowledge or a little bit of research will tell you, On cell phones, all zeros mean it's a private, restricted, or unavailable number. Definitely not paranormal. So again, if you get a call from all zeros, don't freak out. Answer it. Guess what? It's probably a telemarketer. It's probably not your dead, insert here, grandma, aunt, uncle, dad, brother, sister, best friend from high school, whatever. Chances are... It's another shitty telemarketer. Okay, with that little tiny debunk out of the way, let's hear some stories from real people all over the internet who have received calls from the other side. And I'm going to jump right in here. Shortly after my mother died, I got a whole bunch of phone calls that were nothing but static and clicks and pops. And in one instance, I could have sworn I heard the words, I love you. The answering machine recorded one of them, and I was determined to keep it, but the power went out and cleared everything that was previously on there. This next one, after my grandmother died, my mom received a message in her cell cell message bank from my grandmother about a week later. She said that she was okay and had made it all right. Now, they were traveling the time the message was sent, but it's still spooky that my mom didn't receive the message until after her grandmother's death. Don't worry, we're just getting warmed up. This next one is, I wouldn't have believed this 
until today, I got an odd call I answered, and it was a man calling me the same name, same name my grandpa used to call me. Then he said, it's your grandpa. I was weirded out, and I hung up. Then I looked at the number and noticed it was my grandpa's number before he had passed. So I told my sis, and we called it back, and it's not an existing number. My uncle's 15-year-old son died in a brutal car crash in Oklahoma, and I think it was hours or maybe a day after his death, my uncle's phone rang, which he did not pick up but later saw that it was a missed call from his son. Now, he had his son's phone with him, too, and no one had touched it. His brother, my other uncle, were with him just in case he tried to do something stupid, and one said, I don't believe in this shit, but I saw his name on the phone. My uncle regrets not picking it up to this day. About a week after my grandfather passed, my aunt received a phone call from him on a phone that was not plugged in. She needed to go walk across the stage and get her degree, because she was graduating college, you see. He said to tell everyone he loved them, and he was a very active spirit in our house. He would move his prosthetic leg and would turn the microwave on, and we would smell coffee. I just gotta say, I think it's kind of creepy that they kept their grandpa's prosthetic leg, but, you know, who am I to judge? On my uncle's death's anniversary, we were in Benidorm, and the phone rang at 3 a.m. My mom picked it up, and there was no one there. It rang again, and my uncle's funeral song was playing. I, too, received a call from the dead when I was seven. It was an aunt I had last seen at four, who died when I was five. I found out about her death seconds before the phone rang. I'd arrived to visit family for the summer. I'd seen all of them except her and asked, and asked where she was. Now, it's very natural for people to be skeptical. Imagine how delusional I wanted to think I was, but considering every single factor, it happened. My aunt called me and talked to me. She asked for me when my younger cousin answered, when I took the phone, called me by my name, and said who she was. I was so scared, I hung up. Remember, I was only seven years old. I wish I would have stayed on the phone and listened to her for a little bit longer. My husband passed away in a hospital. When I got home, the phone rang. I picked it up and heard my husband's voice say my name. That's it. When I was around 14, my dad's best friend died of a massive heart attack. We attended the funeral and then the get-together afterwards. That night, back at home, we all went to bed about 11 o'clock. Around 3 a.m., I was awakened by a thunderstorm and needed to use the bathroom. I did so and returned to the bed and watched the storm for a few minutes before I fell back to sleep. The next morning at breakfast, my dad looked like he hadn't slept a wink. He looked gray and was visibly upset. I asked him what was wrong, and he told me that Frank had called him. It was in the middle of the night and said, Bud, get to the cemetery quick and bring a shovel. They buried me alive. My dad also said that after he hung up the phone, he stared at his closet door till the sun came up. He said, I haven't felt that kind of fear since being a kid. Now, my mom had convinced him it was just a nightmare. He said it happened around 3 a.m., I had to kind of hide my surprise. I never did tell him that while I was using the bathroom that I heard the phone ring twice. My dad was always suspicious of Frank's wife. He thought that she had something to do with his death. That one's intense. All right, this next one is, I was 14 when my grandfather died. We weren't that close, but my grandparents lived with us for a short period of time. About a week after he died, my grandmother told me that she'd received a strange phone call. Lots of static, but she could also hear a man's voice saying my name over and over again. Now, we both knew it was my grandfather. Around the same time, I was playing with my dog in the living room, so my mind really wasn't on anything. 
I looked up for some reason, and across the room, in his favorite chair, sat my grandfather. His expression was so very sad, and it was also incredibly spooky. Now, this next one isn't a listener's story or a person's story. This is a news article. And it happened on September 12, 2008, when a Metrolink commuter train passing through the Chatsworth District of Los Angeles collided with a freight train. One of its passengers, Charles E. Peck, died on impact at 4.22 p.m. that day. Just so you know, 25 others also died in that same crash. Now, I remember this crash, too. I was out here in California when it happened. I remember seeing it on the news, and I remember seeing how or thinking how sad it was because of all these senseless deaths. But the reason I'm bringing it up on this episode is because Peck's story didn't end there. For 11 hours... Up until the point when rescue teams recovered his body, dialed out a number of his family members. His fiancée, his stepmother, his brother, his sister, his son, etc. All they heard when they answered was static, and returning the calls only led to his voicemail. The calls were, however, able to lead searchers to the location of Peck's body some 12 hours later, at which point they determined he had died on impact. An hour before they found him, All calls on that cell phone stopped. One other odd thing is, they never did locate his cell phone. Okay, back to the listener stories. Four days after my fiancé died, I'd gotten a voicemail from him. It was scribbly white noise in the background, but I could hear him clearly. And it came from a blocked number. Still puzzles me to this day. He said, we're in trouble, I ended it. This next one is, I also received an EVP message with a voicemail. My grandma called and left a message. After the message, you could hear her hang up the phone. Then there was a male voice that clearly says what I believe to be, wait. I later called my grandma to see if she had been with anyone when she called. Even though you can clearly hear her hang up the phone, she's 88 and lives alone in a retirement community. And no one was with her that night. So who said wait? My dad died on May 13, 2007. Two weeks after he passed, I received a call from a private number, and it was my dad. It was 100% him, and I could clearly hear him say, I don't have to go to dialysis anymore. I don't have to take any more medicine, and I don't have to use my walker anymore. I love you. This next one starts off with, When I was younger, back in the day, we had an old landline. My uncle took very sick and was admitted to the hospital for a bad illness and passed away in the hospital. My mother was in California at the time, was trying to hurry up to get back to Texas, but she couldn't get a flight until the weekend. My uncle had called me that afternoon, not knowing he had passed away earlier that morning, mind you, and he told me to tell your mom she doesn't have to come out to Texas. I'm doing fine. He told me no matter what, promise me you'll take care of your mother, and then I hung up the phone. Later on that day, my mother had come home, and I told her that Uncle Bert had called and said he was doing fine, You don't have to come out to Texas. My mother stopped me and said she had called the hospital, and the nurse had said that her brother had passed away earlier in the morning. My mom stopped talking. Then she told me, when did your uncle call? I said earlier, around 3 o'clock p.m. She was quite upset, and she was quiet and didn't quite believe me. So she called my grandmother, and my grandmother told my mom she didn't want to bother her or make her upset that my uncle had passed away at about 7 a.m., I still don't know what to think. All I know is that I definitely was talking to my uncle, and it was hours after he had passed away. Next up, I actually received a phone call from a deceased family member. 
They called me about 48 hours after their death. Their cell phone, which I had had and was on the counter about three feet from me, all of a sudden called my cell phone. Now, at first, I wasn't sure what to do. I let it ring, and since I had an iPhone, their pictures showed up on my phone, and I never picked up. I just stared at the two phones in disbelief. I even pulled my AT&T records, and yep, his phone called mine. If this wasn't enough, about a month later, my normal home landline phone, which I never answered, rang. It, too, showed the deceased person's cell phone number calling me again. This time I answered, and it was just heavy static. Now this next one says, My good friend David passed away about four years ago. We both lived in a very tiny community in Alaska. I had to make the 250-mile trip into town for an emergency surgery. It was a kidney and tumor being removed. While I was in town recovering, I received a call from my friend David. He told me he wasn't feeling too well and was going to go into the doctor in Valdez, but wanted to tell me he cared for me a lot and for my kids, and that no matter what, he knew I'd be okay, that we would be okay. He said he loved us and hung up. I found out later that day that David had actually been in a coma for two days and passed earlier in that morning. I know without a shadow of a doubt his spirit reached out to me to say what he couldn't say before. I liked that one. I liked that one a lot. In 1997, I went to my family doctor for my monthly visit. I'd been his patient for 10 years, so his staff knew me pretty well. After I finished my visit with my doctor, I went to the front desk to schedule my next month's appointment. The nurse said to me as I first approached the desk, Oh, there you are, Peggy. I said, Yes, what's up? The nurse replied, Your mom called and said she wanted to change your appointment for you today. I told her I thought I saw you going into the exam room that you were already here. Now this writer says, I'm sure I looked really dumbfounded because she asked me what was wrong. I asked her if she specifically said my name and that she was my mom. The nurse said, Yes, I asked her twice. Why? And I said, Well, my mother passed away 20 years ago in 1977. The nurse was obviously a little shocked too. I concluded that because I was having a gastric bypass surgery before my next appointment, that I would be okay. As it turned out, I did almost die right after the surgery. Things went really bad, really quick. It was a fluke. The doctors never knew why I almost died. Anyway, it was a success in the long run. Thanks, Mom, for the call. That one kind of confused me. I'll be honest. Uh, this is Kurt again. I'll be honest. That one kind of confused me because why would she want to change the girl's appointment for today if the girl had a very serious surgery that she almost died from? But who am I to say? And uh, it's pretty good that her mom from the other side can make appointments way better than I can on this side. Okay, on to the next one. Several years ago, when I still had a landline, I used to get calls all the time. There was no one on the other end of the line, and, it's just, and this was several times a day sometimes. They would wait until I answered and just hang up. I thought nothing of this for a long time until one day I was reading a book that said that spirits will sometimes make phone calls to try and communicate with loved ones. I went and got a photo of the person I thought it might be and said, If it's you calling me, do it again really soon so I know. Less than 10 minutes later, the phone rang again. And again, there was nobody there. Then a day or two later, I got one more call, and a little voice just said, I love you, and hung up the phone. And that was the last time it ever happened. Let's pause from the stories for a second, and let's think about that one. I do think 
that it's really easy for spirits to manipulate electronic objects. Obviously, if you've watched any ghost hunting show, you probably think the same thing. That's why we use electricity to do EVPs, to do EMFs. We use electricity to see if they can manipulate it. And it seems like nine times out of ten, if there's a ghost around, they can manipulate it, either a little or a lot. So that being said, I can kind of get behind why ghosts are using phone calls to get to us. If they've passed to the other side, they still have enough energy left to make one call or a series of calls to try and get our attention to let us know that they're okay, that they've passed, that they're watching over us, whatever their message may be. And it's really interesting, and I gotta say, it's kind of comforting. I'm sure I'm going to be just as freaked as any of these people were if I ever get one of these calls, but I hope I have the courage enough to answer the phone and try to get a message from whoever it was that just passed. I would love for deceased family members or deceased longtime friends to reach out and give me a call. I think it would be great to talk to them one more time. Okay, let's get on to this next one. In 1985, my grandma passed away, and weeks after her death, she called my house, and one of my older sisters, who were like six at the time, answered the phone to my grandma asking, where is mommy? Now, my sister said, mommy's upstairs. Then she said, mom, grandma's on the phone. My mother said it was like time froze, and she was like, what did you just say? Because my grandmother had passed away. Now, my mom ran down as fast as she can to get to the phone and only heard a dial tone. My mother asked my sister over and over again, what did grandma say? And my sister said she told me, take care of mommy and be a good girl. My sister and I both remember this phone call as if it happened yesterday. I remember a long time ago, my grandma once told me that a few days after her father died, she was at work and got a phone call. She said she heard her father saying her name and telling her that everything would be all right. My grandma never forgot that. This next one is, my brother passed away in May of 2003. One of his favorite holidays was the 4th of July. After attending family festivities on the 4th of July in 2003, we came home and noticed we had a message on our answering machine. I pushed the button to play the message and very faintly, I heard the Star Spangled Banner playing and heard my brother's voice clearly saying, Mom, we listened to this message over and over again for years. I know it was my brother. I know he was reaching out. This one happened to me weeks after my younger brother passed away. I was looking for a copy of his death certificate. My phone was in my mother's room, and it started to ring. By the time I grabbed it, it had stopped. Missed call, no numbers. It did this two more times, but the strange thing is that the ringing didn't sound like it was coming from the phone. I thought the battery was going out. When I told my mother it happened three times, she said, it's just your brother, and it hit me. The number three was going to be his code to let us know that he was with us. And at that time, your phone bill was itemized by, a, by all calls coming in and going out, along with what time they were made. My skeptical side waited to check my bill, and there was no record of three calls on that day. Up next is another really interesting story, and it's about Dean Koontz. And if you don't know who Dean Koontz is, he's a very famous author. He's written dozens and dozens of books, some of which have been turned into movies. So if you don't know who he is, look it up, because I'm not going through his resume for you. On September 20th, 1988, 
Dean Koontz had an experience that he would not write about for nearly a decade, but he claimed it in his essay for Beautiful Death as his one possible encounter with evidence for life after death. Now, he says he was at work that day in his office when the phone rang. He picked it up and heard a female voice that sounded really far away. She spoke with a great sense of urgency and said, please be careful. Now, Dean was obviously shocked by this phone call and said, who is this? And received no response. The woman repeated the warning three more times. Please be careful. Please be careful. Please be careful. Each time she said it, Dean said her voice became more and more distant. When the line finally fell silent, Dean sat there listening for a while, uncertain what to make of what just happened to him. The voice had sounded eerily like his mother, but, as I'm sure you're not surprised by this episode, his mother had been dead for nearly two decades. Now, he does say a voice is much harder to remember than, harder to remember than a face, so I thought I was being very melodramatic. He kind of just brushed it off. He said his number was unlisted, so it was very unlikely that it was a prank call aimed at him. Perhaps it had been a number simply misdialed. He was trying to think of all the possibilities, any rational possibilities, of what this could be. Now, he did tell his wife about this phone call, but he said he told nobody else. He says it was such a strange call. I don't claim that it was a ghost because I don't know what I believe. It certainly was odd. People reported these kind of events all the time, and it's always struck me as interesting that everyone seems to have an experience or two of the uncanny, if you will. Sometimes I believe that call was from my mother, and sometimes that it was a very strange, serendipitous, wrong number. I think you always have to be skeptical. I think you always have to keep some skepticism about things like this, but it's comforting to think that there may be a realm where a person survives. Two days after the call, Dean went to his father at the facility where he lived, and the staff was dealing with Ray's behavioral problems, if you will, and they asked Dean to come and talk with them. Now, Dean's father had punched another resident, a man on a walker, and the nurses were very worried. Now, Dean Kuntz goes on to say that he was unaware that his father had had some of his own small allowance to go and buy a yellow-handled fishing knife and had honed it to a razor sharpness and oiled the hinge to make it open like a switchblade. When Dean Kuntz came into the room, his father moved really quickly and grabbed, from the, and grabbed the knife from a drawer. Now, Dean tried to wrestle it away from him. He had just managed to avoid being slashed by the knife, he says. He says, in case you don't believe me, there were many witnesses to this altercation, and one of them called the police. Finally, Dean managed to get the knife away from his father without incident and carried it out in the hall just as the police arrived. The police immediately drew their guns and started screaming at him to drop the knife. Now, Dean was startled. He said, it's not me you want. It's him in there pointing to his father's room. They kept screaming, drop the knife, drop the knife, drop the knife, drop the knife, and they still had their guns pointed at him. Now, Dean said he froze. All of a sudden, he recalls, I realized that they were going to shoot me if I don't drop this knife. They thought I was the perpetrator, so I dropped it and obeyed them. That was one of the worst moments of my life. My own stupidity almost got me killed. He says he thinks back to his mother's call, or he thinks back to that call that he assumes was his mother, saying please be careful over and over again just before this incident happened. So there's a semi-famous story on this episode for you guys as well. And I think that's as good a place as any to kind of end this episode. I was trying to find some recordings of calls, but I wasn't too shocked that there weren't that many. I mean, people aren't prepared to have a dead loved one call them. 
I know I'm not. If a dead loved one calls me right now while I'm on air, I think that's the only chance I have of sharing it with you guys. So what do you guys think? Do you guys think that these people are just wanting and hoping to hear from a deceased loved one so badly that they're connecting dots? Or do you think that they're getting misdialed or wrong numbers or telemarketer calls and connecting those dots? I mean, some of them, it's just static. Other ones, they can clearly hear that loved one. They know the voice. They know exactly who it is. And that person says something specifically for them. So it's really kind of hard to tell, is it really a deceased family member calling you? And if so, how come we're all not getting these calls? Like I said earlier, I would love to get a call. I would love to have the chance to talk one last time with some family members and some friends that have passed away. I know that it takes a lot of energy. I'm assuming it takes a lot of energy from everything that I've researched. It takes a lot of energy for these spirits to do this, but they do seem to be happening more and more. They seem to be more common, which leads me to think that this is a device that spirits can use to contact us that's way better than a Ouija board, and it seems to be way safer than a Ouija board. In my opinion, I don't believe these are demons trying to trick us trying to act like these dead, deceased these deceased loved ones. I don't think they're demons trying to trick us. There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of stories out there. There's a lot of people that think that's exactly what it is. In fact, anytime you can find a story about a posthumous phone call, I guarantee in the comments there's going to be one person who's quoting scripture or quoting the Bible or quoting uh, some religious belief that dead is dead and these are demons. Again, I personally, I don't think they're demons. None of these stories ended up bad. Nothing bad happened to the people after they got the call that I think what would happen if a demon was calling. So, again, I'm not sure exactly what to think of this. I really do believe these stories. I don't. I can't guarantee that all of them are 100% true. But like I said, I, I kind of cherry-picked. I liked this one. I liked that one. This one was interesting. This one was different. But there's tons more, and I mean tons more out there, and they can't all be fake in my mind. What is the impetus for someone to go online, find this group, and make up a fake story? You know, what what, what kicks are they getting out of that? I have to believe that the vast majority of these stories, these calls, are true. So what do you guys think? Would you like to hear from your loved one one last time? Have you heard from your loved one one last time? Did any of you guys have any of these kind of calls from the dead? If so, I want to hear about them. Once again, wait, before I get to that, speaking of things I want to hear about, I want to hear listeners' ghost stories, listener UFO stories. I've been chatting online on Facebook and via email with a bunch of really cool listeners with some amazing stories. One listener, uh, one listener, she was just telling me about um, a Ouija board story that continued on throughout her life, and it is incredible. If I get her permission, I'll make sure I share that one because I think you guys need to hear that story as well. Okay, that being said, once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandig, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. <laughs>